thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, good morning, and uh, it's great to, be, uh, great to be with you in your lounges or your cars. It'd be uh, just as we were singing happy birthday then, I was thinking, all these people are sat in their own homes singing happy birthdays to Tim and he can't hear them. It's quite funny, isn't it? But anyway... Um, Perhaps quite good, actually, if you took a photograph of yourself wherever you are watching this and tagged spring, hashtag Springmount Sunday morning and put it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter just so we can see who's watching, where you're watching and how you're watching. It'd be great to, to see some responses. Don't do it all through the sermon, though, because we need to make sure we're focused. But uh, it'd be great to, to see some responses. It's great to see some of the comments and it's great that it's being appreciated and it's watched and that's fantastic. So today, I decided not to do any panda jokes. For those of you who've been watching, I did a panda mask joke, and then last week uh, I did another joke. And today I decided, although people have asked for it, I decided not to panda to them. So there we go. Okay, I'm going to crack on. Today I want to talk and carry on about sheep. Last week we said, Jesus said, I am the sheep gate. I am the gate for the sheep. And today we're going to just look at the second part of that, where he says, I am the good shepherd. Now, I don't know an awful lot about sheep. I'm not a farmer. I live on a farm. I'm not a farmer. But I do know a couple of things. Recently, we had some sheep grazing on land next door to where we are. And they were very well-rounded sheep. I don't mean by that they were very good at history, geography, and and English. They were very spherical. They were literally rounded sheep. They were the, the most round sheep I've ever seen in my life. And Joel came home one day and said... There's a sheep out there having a really good time in that field. It's, uh, it's having a bit of a boogie on its back. It's lying on its back, kicking its legs around. It's, it's having a really good time. And immediately, Roz ran out in a panic because a sheep on its back is not a good thing. A sheep cannot right itself. So if that sheep had been left on its back, it wasn't having a good time. It was panicking and struggling to get back upright. Joel just thought he was having a bit of a dance, a bit of a boogie. But actually, Ros realised that it was dangerous and that sheep needed somebody to help it get back on its feet. It couldn't do it on its own. How many of us try to do it on our own? Try to sort ourselves out on our own when we have the power of God available? That sheep on its back would eventually die. I think it would suffocate itself. It wouldn't be able to right itself. I know so many of us are heading towards that without knowing Jesus as Saviour. It couldn't do it alone. And maybe that's the reason Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Because we can't do it alone. We need the care, the guidance and the support of the shepherd or we could end up dying flat on our backs. Today's reading is from John chapter 10 verses 11 to 21. And it's read by an old spring mounter who's living currently in Canada, but he's been joining us on Zoom for the last few months, and it's been great to have him with us. So I'm going to hand over to Alan Rigg, who used to be my flatmate, and today he's going to do our reading for us from John chapter 10. Thanks, Alan. 
Today's reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 11 to 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and he's raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Thanks, Alan. Uh, you heard the twang of Barrow in Canada there. Uh, a very early morning recording as well, I believe. Thanks for doing that, Alan, and bless you. So firstly, as we look at this, this saying that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, we know a few things about sheep. First thing, sheep follow the crowd and don't think of the consequences. You may have seen a flock of sheep that have got out where they shouldn't be, and they will just follow each other. They follow one another without thinking of the consequences. The week's devotional in Acts saw a riot happening in Ephesus where people were joining in for two hours chanting something and it says they didn't even know why they were there. And we are like sheep. We often follow the crowd without knowing what the consequences are. Sheep will often escape the safety of a field. It amazes me that these sheep have all the grass they could have in their field. Their, their fields are full of green pasture. And yet so often you'll see them sticking their heads through the fence and they might get stuck and caught in the fence and have to be set free. Or even worse, sometimes they're so desperate for that bit of grass on the other side of the fence that they get out and end up in quite serious danger. They quite end up perhaps being run over, possibly being killed. We had a sheep near us that got out of its field and ate rhododendron leaves, which poisoned it and it died. All because it went away from the safety of its home. It went away from the safety of the field. We have a tendency to follow people, to follow one another, when actually we need to follow the good shepherd. We need to follow the one who guides, who leads, who cares, who protects. Sheep are stubborn. Anyone sitting with anyone this morning that they think is stubborn? I don't want to start a row, but uh, Joel's got his hand up. Is it because it's Paul stubborn? Is it you stubborn? Yeah. Okay. Sheep are stubborn. They dig their feet in. You know, we can be very stubborn. We follow the crowd. We can be stubborn. And we don't want to be moved or told where to go, really, do we? We don't like to be told what to do. And yet, actually, so often, we need to listen to the one who knows better than us. Sheep will always follow the farmer or the shepherd if they trust him. In all three of these characteristics of sheep, they need to have the help and guidance and care and protection of a shepherd. So how 
Is Jesus the good shepherd? Well, a good shepherd will care for the sheep and he knows them individually. We've sung this morning, Reckless Love. It says, he leaves the 99. He will go after the one individual sheep in order to rescue him. Jesus talks about leaving the 99 and looking for the one who gets lost. The shepherd doesn't just think, well... I've still got 99% of my sheep, so economically, that's going to be all right. I'm not going to lose out too much. I'm going to still be able to pay my bills, so one sheep isn't really going to matter. The good shepherd leaves the 99 and rescues the one that's gone off. He doesn't just chalk it off as a loss. He cares for the one. He knows the one, and he seeks out the one. Maybe today that's you and me. Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. He's coming to seek out you. Even if you were the only one alive on this planet, Jesus would have died for you. Jesus would have given everything for your life. There's nothing that can stop him. We've sung, haven't we? There's no wall you can't kick down. There's no shadow you won't light up. There's no, there's no mountain you won't climb up. I'm getting the words wrong and mixed up. Coming after me. That is how Jesus pursues us. He will not stop at anything to reach us. Even if we've gone so far off the beaten path that we think we're unrescuable, the good shepherd will come and he says, come back to the fold, come back to the flock. Verses 11 to 13 compares the shepherd who knows the sheep, who knows them intimately, who owns the sheep, who's invested in the sheep with a hired worker. The hired worker only thinks of themselves. The hired worker doesn't really care about the sheep. He'll only do it if there's something in it for him. He'll only do it for the money he's getting. As soon as danger comes, the hired worker goes, I'm off, I'm not caring for these sheep. And the sheep will be scattered, the sheep will be attacked, and the sheep will be in danger. The hired worker isn't to be trusted. The shepherd is invested in the sheep. The shepherd is intimate and knows them by name. The shepherd is willing to lay down his whole life for every single sheep. He's willing to sacrifice everything for the sheep. In fact, as I looked at this, I recognised that there's a little bit of the old and the new covenant here. The old covenant saw people having to sacrifice perfect lambs in order to be forgiven of sins. Here it says the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. There's no need for those sheep to die anymore. The shepherd has laid it all down. The shepherd laid down his life and picks it up again. He died and rose again so that the sheep will be safe and protected. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. When we look at shepherds today, we rather call them a farmer. We see a farmer who fences in his sheep. He puts them in a field, he builds a fence, and then he goes home. Maybe often the sheep sheep actually are nowhere near where he lives. We used to have sheep near us that belonged to a man in Morecambe. So if there was any danger, he would take 30, 45 minutes to get here to sort it out. The good shepherd looks after his sheep. In today's marketplace, the farmer can be a bit distant maybe, not as personally involved and personally devoted to his sheep. If you've ever seen sheep being rounded up, You see the tractors or the quad bikes and the dogs and they're snapping at the heels of the sheep. They're chasing them around. They're scaring them almost into a place where they need to be. The good shepherd leads the sheep. The sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. And the sheep are not afraid to go with him. 
the farmer isn't particularly devoted to the sheep. In Israel, the shepherd would be there every day for the sheep. He would know the sheep by name. There's a lot of sheep facts today. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but there's a lot of things we need to know so we understand why Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. There was a shepherd in the Lebanon district who was asked if he always counted his sheep in every evening. And he said, no, I don't need to count my sheep in. And he was asked, well, how do you know if all your sheep are back? How do you know if all your sheep are present? How do you know you've not lost one? He said, well, this is, this is what it is. If you were to blindfold me and put every one of my sheep in front of me and only let me touch their face with my hands, I would be able to tell you in mo- one moment if it was my sheep or not. And I would be able to tell you if there were any missing. That is a shepherd that cares for his sheep, isn't it? That is a shepherd that is devoted. He knows his sheep, even in the dark, even when blindfolded. He knows when one's missing. He knows when one one has wandered off. He doesn't need to count them because he knows them. And often they give them names depending on their characteristics or depending on who they are. And he gives them a name. He knows every sheep one by one. Every one of them is different. I look at a field of sheep and I just think, they look like sheep. They're all the same. But Jesus looks at us and goes, Johnny, you're, you're Johnny. Paul, you're Paul. Joel, you're Joel. And I love you. I know you. And I want you to be with me. And whoever you are today, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am your good shepherd. There was another man who visited some Arabs in the desert. And he witnessed an event that he thought was amazing about shepherds. One evening, shortly after dark, an Arabic shepherd began to call out by one the names of his 51 mother sheep. He called them out by name from the rest of the flocks. And he restored each one their own lamb. He brought their lamb to them to be suckled. And to do that in the light would be quite amazing, wouldn't it? To recognise your sheep in the broad daylight and to be able to put their children with them would be quite incredible. But this shepherd did it in the dark. He knew his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Another thing about a shepherd is this. He would carry a horn in his belt. The horn would be full of olive oil. And that was so that if a, shep- if a sheep got injured, if it got scratched, if it got, if it got damaged in any way, he would tip some of the oil onto the sheep because it was seen as a healing, a healing thing. It was seen as a medicinal aid to help If one sheep became ill, he would use the oil as a remedy for scratches and wounds. They would walk the sheep from one green place to the next. They didn't have a green field where they would keep the sheep and move them to another green field. The shepherd would plan where there would be food and he would walk the sheep from one place to another. He would lead them from one green pasture to another. But not only that, most of the year in Israel the land would be brown and dusty and dry. It wouldn't be green, but the good shepherd leads us in green pastures. He gives abundantly. He gives more than there is. He is able to provide what we need and beyond. Sheep won't drink from running water. Did you know this fact? They won't drink from running water. If the water is agitated, if it's bubbling, they won't drink. They're fearful of water. So to get them to drink, to quench their thirsts, you need to take them where the water is still. You need to take them to a place where the water is peaceful. Then the sheep will drink. So the shepherd would take them to the waters where they would quench their thirst. 
Another thing would be that the shepherds, when they went from green pasture to green pasture, they would have to lead the sheep between two fields. The fields wouldn't be fenced off. There would be cornfields on either side and a very narrow path in between them. And the shepherd would walk between the fields on this narrow path and the sheep would follow him, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, because if the sheep ate some of the crops, the, the shepherd would have to pay the damages. It would come out of his wages. So the sheep knew the shepherd and would follow him even down these narrow paths in between these different things. What is the most well-known psalm in the whole Bible? Psalm 23. Thank you, Paul. Psalm 23. Most people know it. But when we look at Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, we can recognise that David knew a thing or two about shepherding. He was a shepherd. He was the youngest. It was an unimportant job. It was a, it was a menial task. It wasn't a job for the, the person who was going to be the leader. It was a job for the lowest and the youngest. So Jesus came not to lord it over, but to say, I'm going to be the least because that makes me the servant of all. And he became the least for you and for me. But Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. That's what a shepherd does. He led from a green pasture to a green pasture and he led the sheep to a place of still water, knowing they would lack nothing. Resting in green, water, green, green waters, green places, green pastures. These are words, as I say, that show abundance. The good shepherd leads us from abundance to abundance. Yes, there may be dry and dusty in between. Yes, there may be valleys that are dark and difficult. But the shepherd is to be trusted because he will lead us from a place where we can have what we need to another place where we can have what we need, to a place of stillness where we can be refreshed and restored, to a place where we don't need to be afraid of what is ahead of us. Besides quiet waters... It also then goes on to say, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's a picture of this shepherd being, these sheep being led between these fields, this narrow way, this righteous way, because they weren't allowed in the fields either side because it would cost something. It would damage and destroy somebody else's property. So these sheep trusted the shepherd. Even though there was food either side of them, they knew if they kept with the shepherd, they would be fed. If they kept following, even, even though they could have nicked off to the side and had a nibble on an ear of corn, or even though they could have nicked off to this side and had a nibble on something, they followed and trusted the shepherd because they knew he would lead them to green pastures. He would lead them to a place of abundance of more. And then it goes on to say, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. What's the oil? The oil the shepherd carries was for the healing of the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd who brings healing. He brings healing of hearts. He brings healing of minds. And he brings healing of bodies. Whether in this life or in eternity where we have a new body. He brings healing. He is the good shepherd. He is prepared not just to give a dab of oil on a cut, not just to get a little bit of the oil and go, oh, here we go, this will soothe you, but to pour the whole thing on your head, <laughs> to pour the whole thing, to abundantly bless you with his 
love, with his restoration. The Lord says, I am the good shepherd. I'll take you from pasture to pasture. I'll lead you between fields and you can trust me that at the end of it, there'll be stuff for you to eat. I'll take you to water that is still where you don't need to be afraid. I'll let you make sure you lie down and rest for the night before we move on again. I'll make sure I've got my, my oil to heal you, to restore you, to bring you back to fullness. That's why Jesus is the good shepherd. And all those listening would hear that and hear the psalm ringing in their ears. Because he is my shepherd. He is the good shepherd, able to do all those things. A shepherd who cares, who protects. And yet we're so like sheep. We're so ready to follow somebody else. Because we think the grass on the other side of the fence is better than the grass that we've been led to. Or maybe we follow the other sheep because we think they know better than us. When we need to follow the shepherd. Some of us still want to follow the sheep instead of sticking right next to the shepherd. Often a shepherd would have to cross a stream. He would have to cross a forded stream. He would have to find a safe place because the sheep didn't like the fast running water. And so the sheep that stuck closest to the shepherd, as the shepherd walked into the water, they would plunge in right after him because they were with the shepherd. They knew the water wasn't going to give any danger to them. They knew they would cross safely if they stuck by the shepherd. Those who were perhaps a little bit further behind might be more fearful and often they would be more hesitant walking through the water because they were so far away from the shepherd they didn't perhaps have that bravery. And often sheep would get swept down river because instead of following the shepherd, instead of sticking by the shepherd, they would enter at a different point and be dragged downstream. We are so like sheep. We're fearful because we're not near the shepherd. We're in danger because we're not near the shepherd. And we don't always trust the shepherd. And yet Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Not just any shepherd. He didn't just say, I am the shepherd. He could have said, I am the shepherd. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. But he said, I am the good shepherd. The best shepherd. Not just a hired hand. I'm not just going to let you go at a moment's notice. I'm not going to let you struggle in danger. And there are all sorts of other sheep and shepherds that we follow at the moment. But the good shepherd is the one who cares. The good shepherd is the one who heals and restores. The good shepherd is the one that has come to rescue you and me by laying down his life for the sheep. He's given it all already. He's laid it down because he knows we can't do it on our own. Just like that sheep who's stuck on its back, we can't right ourselves. We can try and be good. We can try and knock that habit through the door. We can try and stop doing something. But we can't do it on our own. We need his help. At the end of the passage that Alan read for us, John says, in John, sorry, we see somebody who accused Jesus of being demon-possessed or mad. There's two camps here. One group says, he's demon-possessed, he's mad, because he's claiming to be God. I am the good shepherd. And there are others who say, these aren't the words of a madman. They recognise that Jesus is the healer that has healed the blind man, that he can't be demon-powered, but he must be who he says he is. Today, that is the question. Do you stick by the shepherd? Do you know the shepherd? Have you ever met the shepherd? Because he's the best and he promises so much. So as we come to finish, how like sheep are we at the moment? Are we following the other sheep instead of the shepherd? 
Are we following other shepherds or hired workers instead of the good shepherd? Are we stubborn? Do we dig our heels in? Do we say, no, I'm not going to listen? When he wants to lead us to green pastures, he wants to lead us to still waters. Are we looking at grass that's leading us into danger? Are we looking at the grass on the other side of the fence thinking, I fancy a nibble on that? Rather than sticking by the side of the good shepherd. Today, he's already laid his life down for you. He's already paid the cost and he's already come to search and rescue. He knows you, but he wants you to know him. There's a story that I can remember being told at Sunday school. I don't know if it's true, but I think today we can take it for ourselves. It was a story of two missionary guys who went to Wales and they met a shepherd in in a Welsh village who used to basically spend all his time out on the hills. And he was illiterate, he he was deaf, And so it was very difficult for them to communicate the good news of Jesus. So they said to him, the beginning of Psalm 23, and they used his right hand and they said, look at your fingers and you can remember the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, that's Jesus, is now and yesterday and forever will be my, he can be yours, shepherd. And they got the boy to remember the fact that Jesus was his shepherd and they never knew whether they'd broken through. They never knew whether he'd learnt it. And a year later, they went back to the village and asked about this boy and they said, sadly, he's not not here anymore. He died. And tragically, there'd been a a heavy snow, a heavy snow in the hills and he'd been been buried in in a snow drift. But when they found him, he was holding on to that finger of his right hand. He was holding on to his fourth finger. The Lord is my shepherd. And they took that as a sign that he had accepted the shepherd for himself. The Lord is my shepherd. Today you can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not be in that desperate situation. I can trust him even in the valleys of darkness. Today, ask yourself, is he yours? The Lord Jesus Is he your shepherd? And today, we can know him for ourselves. We know Jesus. The evidence for the shepherd is right before our eyes. We cannot write ourselves and if we try, we'll fail. We need to walk with him, stick by him and trust him completely. Will we be the sheep who fearlessly jump into the river to cross with the shepherd? Or will we be the sheep that are a little bit further back, fearful, afraid, distant, that gets swept away by going through the wrong place when strong currents come. Today, the only message we need to remember is this. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your simple truths. And I pray today that we recognise that we are sheep, that we do follow the wrong paths, that we do look at the grass in the other fields, that we do sometimes wander off but we know that you came to search and rescue. You are the good shepherd. You have given your life. You're not just somebody who's gone at the first sign of danger. You have given your life for us. And I pray for anybody watching this this video today, this live stream, I pray that they will know that they need to accept you as their shepherd. As you laid down your life, you died on a cross and took the punishment that we deserved so that we could be forgiven. And as we're forgiven, we need to forgive others. Father God, help us to be good sheep. 
Help us to be sheep that follow the shepherd. And we thank you that you know us. We thank you that you know us and you know us from the inside out. Father God, today I pray that you will just anoint us with your oil. If we need healing today, I pray that you'll pour it out on us. Father God, I pray that we will come to you instead of going to other sheep. And I pray, Lord, that we will know the restoration you bring. Father, I pray particularly today too for, for, for uh, the Hoffin family and for, for those that are wider associated. I pray, Lord, for Malcolm in hospital. And I pray, Lord, that you will pour out your oil on him. And I pray, Lord, for peace for the family. And I pray for your presence to be with them as they're guided to green pastures. Father, I thank you that it's not about us doing it for ourselves, but that we have a shepherd who will help us back on our feet and who will lead us in the right way. In Jesus' name, amen.